listening to the podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello and welcome to the podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood. And today I'm going to be giving you some tips on how to succeed with podcast advertising. It's been a while since I've done an episode like this, and so I thought that it was high time I did. So first, I wanted to talk about how to target the right audience. One of the things that is wonderful about podcast advertising is that there are all of these different genres of podcasts. And so you can very easily pick a genre of podcast that fits in well with the type of company that you are or the type of consumer that you're trying to target. However, what I find is often advertisers are really looking for a very matchy-matchy situation where, let's say, in the health and fitness space, they just want to advertise on health and fitness podcasts. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the concept of really looking at the listener demographics of a podcast and not always just looking at the content of the show. Now, obviously, the content of the podcast is going to be important. If you know that your particular product doesn't resonate with a certain type of content based on other advertising that you've done, let's say perhaps your buyer really isn't into the news at all, then you might decide that news podcasts aren't necessarily a good fit. However, I think one of the biggest examples of this that I see is that we often find female skewing products that want to advertise on certain types of female genre podcasts, but not others. And really kind of the big other is true crime. So true crime is a huge genre. There are so many true crime podcasts and there are so many female listeners to true crime shows as well. I always think it's so funny because when I'm out and about in my life and I tell people what I do, nine times out of 10, when I'm talking to a middle-aged woman and I say that I'm in the podcast industry, they say, ooh, I love true crime. And you probably have heard me say this before, but I'm not personally a huge true crime fan. Just don't know why we need to listen to all of these horrific things personally, but there are so many women out there who just love true crime. So if you're trying to target that demographic of women, it makes a ton of sense to advertise on true crime. So you really just need to look at the demographics of the podcast. Are they reaching the audience that you're looking to reach? And I would, I would just encourage you to kind of open up your consideration set because what we find often are that podcasts within specific genres sell super well. And another podcast that might have an almost identical audience, but maybe has a different topic, doesn't sell nearly as well. And I think it's kind of a shame because often the show that doesn't sell as well, it's just less cluttered with ads and it might get really good results for the advertiser if they were willing to kind of, you know, pass that sniff test and just go on in and say, hey, this is the audience of people that I'm looking for. Now, of course, brand safety comes into play when we are considering podcasts. And I think that that's, you know, that's also a topic and a consideration point. If you feel 
like, you know, you're concerned about the topics that are being addressed on a podcast, then I could see where maybe you would take a pass, even if you did feel like it was the right audience target. I also do think that there's values and alignment, and that is on the side of the advertiser as well as the podcaster, right? And so if you feel like there is perhaps not a values fit, and we're talking about this host read endorsement ad, it might make sense to decide not to advertise on a particular podcast or a particular genre of podcast. But I wanted to just start the show out by saying that you don't always have to be matchy-matchy. The other thing to consider is that if you have a lot of competitors in your space that are advertising on podcasts and you're all going to the same podcast to advertise, then really what you're doing is you're cutting into your ability to really stand out and not be there right next to your competitor. Now, for clarification, of course, when we're doing endorsement type ad reads, we're not going to put a supplement company and another supplement company in the same podcast, right? There is going to be competitive separation, but your competitors are certainly advertising on other similar podcasts. And so I think there's really a lot of value in looking at the audience of a show and not necessarily the genre. Next, I wanted to talk about looking at the host audience connection. How is the host of that show really connecting with their audience? Because when you think about this idea of a host read ad, then you're really talking about wanting to make sure that the host actually has influence over their audience. Now, I talk a lot on the show about the concept of podcast advertising as influencer marketing. And I believe wholeheartedly that podcast advertising is influencer marketing. Now, a little while ago, I put a post out on LinkedIn where I said, hey, I think podcast ads are influencer marketing. And it was so fun to watch the responses to that because there were a lot of people that commented on it. And many people who said, just because you're a podcaster doesn't make you an influencer. I do agree with that. Obviously, not every podcaster is an influencer, just like everyone on Instagram is not an influencer, right? You have to have some sort of a tipping point in size and engagement in order to be an influencer. But I really do believe that the host has the power to influence that audience, right? The audience is there because they like the host, because they like the content that that host is creating. So they really do have a lot of power over that audience through suggestion, right? And when we're running those host read ads, we have a host that is talking about a product or service that is going to interest the audience. And so there is a lot of power in that. But you do want to kind of test that connection. You want to see. So I would recommend when you're thinking about advertising on a show, to check their ratings and reviews, see what people are saying about that podcast host. And, you know, do you see some really strong connections that look like the audience is very interested in the host? You may also decide to go on the host social media and see what kind of interaction this person has with their social media. Now, one consideration is just because a host has a small social media following doesn't necessarily mean they don't have influence. It just might mean that their podcast is their sphere of influence. But at least you'll have the ability to see the way that they interact with the people that are following them, which I think is really important. 
So you want to look to make sure that the person that you are choosing to do your ad reads is really going to have a good connection with their audience. One of the things that I find often is that when people try to test out podcasting, they often choose smaller shows to test on. So they think, well, gosh, if I just advertise on these smaller shows, then it'll be cheaper. I can test it out. I can see how it works. And we like to talk about small shows because there's lots of small shows out there and everyone wants to know how to monetize their small show and how to make it all work. And there is great power in small shows. There's also a lot of great power in big shows, right? And if you're thinking about testing and podcasting, if you just gravitate to the small podcast, you're not going to see the full force that podcasts can bring you as if you are able to reach a larger audience. And so I do encourage advertisers as you're putting together your campaign to think about the size of shows that you're advertising on. Uh, One of the things to consider is that a larger show is a larger show for a reason, right? And often it's because the content is really great. There's a reason they have a really strong following because people either like that person or there is, you know, there's, there's a reason that it's popular. And so advertising on big shows can have a lot of power. If you're new to podcast advertising or if you have a smaller budget, this is where dynamic ad insertion comes into play, right? So with dynamic ad insertion, you can buy on an impression level instead of buying someone's full catalog or instead of buying an episode where maybe you're going to reach many more people than you can afford. So you can buy a smaller section of a large show and essentially just buy fewer impressions. Now, one warning that I would put out there is that if you are advertising on a show that has millions of downloads a month and you buy 100,000 downloads, which is going to be like 100,000 impressions, you are going to deliver those in a really quick amount of time, right? And so I typically advise that advertisers buy at least a week worth of impressions on that show. So, you know, let's just use the example that you're advertising on a show with a million deliverable impressions a month, right? So they've got this pool of a million impressions and you want to buy a week's worth of, you know, impressions in one ad spot. So you could buy 250,000 impressions that run over the course of what would be estimated a week period. And that would be much better than buying, you know, 100,000 impressions and it's probably going to deliver in two or three days. And that's not going to be enough time for you really to create any traction. So as you're thinking about buying into bigger shows, you can test into bigger shows by just buying smaller segments of the big show. Just be warned that you want to make sure that you're getting enough impressions to really make an impact. And that brings me to the next point that I have to make, which is when you're thinking about testing podcast advertising for the first time, I just really want to encourage you not to buy one or two shows. You know, we talk with companies, especially when we're working with direct, you know, advertisers that come to us and say, hey, I've got a $10,000 budget. What can you do with $10,000? And We can put together some decent campaigns for $10,000, right? But a lot of times, maybe they do want to buy on a bigger show and maybe the $10,000 takes up that, you know, bigger show. So they're just buying ads on one show. 
The problem with just buying ads on one show or even just buying ads on a couple of shows is that you're not testing enough to really learn anything. And I really encourage you as you're thinking about putting together a podcast campaign for the first time to think about the fact that you are testing to see what actually works. So, you know, let's say you've never advertised in podcasts before, you want to do a test. Is it going to knock your socks off? I hope it does. And it, and and we definitely have campaigns that perform super well out the gate. So, if you're able to do the right targeting, have the right call to action, have good talking points, you can certainly create a very powerful campaign out the gate. However, oftentimes first campaigns are about learning. So what works, what doesn't work, and how to really, you know, make podcast advertising the tool that you need it to be. So when you advertise on a handful of different podcasts, you have this ability to see what's going to work and what's not going to work. So with a handful of shows, you can do a couple of things. You can advertise on larger podcasts, as I had mentioned. You can advertise on different types of genres, which I've obviously mentioned. And you can also test out the host, right? Maybe you have a host that creates content in a certain way, and that resonates really well with your audience. But you have got another host that maybe doesn't resonate with, with that audience for your product. And so you just have so much opportunity to learn what works and what doesn't work when you do a test on multiple shows. So I highly encourage you to think about doing that as you're going into really creating that podcast campaign. I wanted to wrap the episode up today by talking about the power of talking points. So when we think about host read ads, how we create host read ads is we give that host what we call talking points. And the talking points are going to list things like in ours, we talk about the history of the company. We put in links to that company's website or any, you know, social channels, anything that would be pertinent to the host. So the host can really get to know the advertiser before they do the ad read. And then in there, we want to tell them a little bit about that unique selling proposition of the company. What makes this company unique? We ask our host to make sure that they give personal experience. We want to make sure that the host is communicating a strong call to action. And if we are thinking about measuring results, we're thinking about getting sales, we want to make sure that you've got a strong call to action within those talking points and within the ad or else you're not going to see those results. The other thing we like to do is we like to ask the host to say the call to action pretty soon into the ad, right? You don't want your host doing, you know, a 60 plus second ad read and we're waiting until the very end to tell people where they can take advantage of this product. So trying to get that call to action out early within it. And you know, just making sure that you have a really compelling call to action that isn't listed on your website, right? I think that that is something I see over and over again, where an advertiser will give us some sort of an offer and the offer is less than the pop-up that happens, right? So it's like, okay, I went on this site, the pop-up said I could get 50% off, but the podcast ad said I could get 20% off or 
maybe the offer was I could get a free item, but then when I go on the site, it says I can get 25% off my entire purchase for the first time, like first time customers. Well, as a customer, I don't know which offer is better. And if, if, you know, if there's this offer that's going to pop up at me and it looks like it's a better offer or it's the identical offer, I'm going to choose the path of least resistance, right? I'm going to click on the offer that's right there. So Really thinking about your offer makes a ton of difference. When we provide these talking points to the host, it gives them the ability to create a good ad. The other thing that we want to do when we're putting talking points together is make sure that we're not overloading the host, right? So we don't want to give them so much information that it's hard to digest. And we also don't want to give them so much to say that we're like, this is required to say, you have to say this and you have to say that because they aren't going to be able to get that all in a 60 second ad read. And it's important to remember that we want them to put together a compelling ad read. And usually a compelling ad read is going to have some sort of a personal connection to the product. And that is some sort of a story. And that takes time, right? It takes time to say that person's story or their experience with the product. So putting together good talking points really will help you to create a good podcast ad campaign. Next, I wanted to talk about pixel tracking and really just tracking results in general. So if you are looking to see a direct response from your podcast ad campaign, you need to make sure that you give that listener some way to actually, you know, tell you that they have listened to the podcast. And so making sure that you have a unique URL or you have a promo code is really important. But I highly encourage you to utilize pixel tracking and attribution. There has been so many advancements in pixel tracking in the podcast space. There used to be just a handful of options. And now I feel like every day there's some new pixel tracking company that we're using, which is great, right? There's a lot of options. And Essentially, how pixel tracking works is that the podcast has a pixel and then the advertiser has a pixel on their website, hopefully in multiple places like the homepage, product pages, maybe newsletter pages, your checkout pages. So then you can see where you're getting customers that are entering into your site, what kind of transactions are taking place from somebody who listened to that podcast. And the value of pixel tracking is that you're not relying on somebody to remember the URL, to remember the promo code, or to have to look it up, right, by going to show notes or things like that. So making sure that you're utilizing pixel tracking is a really important element of creating a successful podcast campaign. I hope that this episode has been informative for you and that you have gotten some information out of it. If you're interested in podcast advertising, we would love to help you at True Native Media. Head on over to our website, truenativemedia.com. Let us know that you're interested in discussing podcast advertising. We'd be happy to meet with you and talk to you about putting together a successful campaign. If you haven't visited my YouTube channel, please go on over and check that out. I've got some great videos about how to create successful podcast ad campaigns. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Podcast Advertising Playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast advertising industry. 